Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Well, many thanks for joining us on the Journal of Biophilic Design today. And thanks to everyone who's bought a copy of the education issue, which I'm holding up here for those of you who are watching this on YouTube and on our website, journalofbiophilicdesign.com. Um, it's jam-packed full of um, inspiration and ideas on how to bring biophilic design um, into schools to inspire the next generation. Um, and I'm really be de delighted to be joined by Gez um, Bruchink. Uh, he's a consultant based in the Netherlands, uh, yes, and his architectural practice works in the architectural practice, Orga Architects, who won the European category and the global edition of the 2023 Stephen Kellett um, Biophilic Design Award from Living Future Europe um, for their Biophilic Primary School to Verfondering project, which uh, we're honoured to feature in, in this uh, education issue. And here's you uh, wrote an amazing article for us. You set out the sort of the background behind it and everything. So we're going to be talking about that today. But uh, here's, um first of all, many thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. It's uh, great to be here. And thank you for the kind words on the article. It's uh, really an honour to be featured in, the, in your journal. Oh, bless you. Thank you so much. Can you start by telling us uh, a little bit about what you do, the company you work for, and what the sort of practice kind of focuses on, please? Uh, yeah, so I work as a consultant and a researcher here at the Orca Architect. It's an architect firm uh, based in, the ne in Nijmegen in the Netherlands. Uh, and we are a specialized firm that uh, only works with natural building materials or, you know, as, as mostly as possible. Um, uh, so we're really trying to push the boundaries of sustainable and regenerative uh, building design in the Netherlands. And with each project, we try to kind of like set an example of and show what po what's possible with these materials. Um, and the firm was founded in, in 2007 by my brother, uh, Daan Brugink. Uh, he's the lead architect and, and uh, are we working with, with around like a team of seven architects and me. It's a fairly small firm, but we we design buildings all through the, the country here and some across the borders as well. Can you explain a little bit about your own journey, um, you know, what, what have you been, what have you been up to really since you were born? <laughs> um, and maybe what, <laughs> what inspired you um, or what inspires you with, with nature and sort of biodiversity and sustainability, particularly what's, what's your driver for this? Yeah. So I kind of grew up with my parents uh, taking us, me and my brother both uh, outside into nature a lot. So we took a lot of walks into the forests and the moors and um, uh, the floodplains around the river that that's close to the city. And, so we're really uh, used to getting out there and going into nature and, and kind of, if you do that as a kid, you kind of start to grow that uh, awareness and affinity with, with the natural world. Um, and we also visited a lot of zoos. Uh, we can think we saw all the zoos in the Netherlands and the Belgium and Germany. And of course you can debate about, you know, a zoo, is that like a real proper representation of nature? But it did give me a lot of, uh, like, um, you know, a feeling of, of the richness and diversity of animal life. Uh, and uh, I really enjoyed that a lot as a kid. And I remember, you know, when you have, as a kid, have to go in front of the class and talk about a subject. Uh, I, I did a bunch of times about like the the, the, the rainforest and uh, whales, I remember, and, and penguins and all sorts of animals. So that really caught my attention early on. Um, and then eventually I started, um, uh, um, uh, when I went to university, I chose a history as a topic. So it's completely different. I have a degree in history. So that's kind of my background. Uh, but I didn't really start a career in that. Um, and in the meantime, my brother, 
he started a firm in, in 2007 and he wanted to become a biologist actually um also kind of with the same background as me uh, but he didn't he, he lacked the the talent for chemistry which is sorely needed to become a biologist so that that <laughs> didn't work out so he became an architect and uh, and and founded the he wanted to build natural architecture but that there was no such thing in the in his uh, you know he studied in delft and it wasn't really part of the curriculum there like uh, natural materials or sustainability it wasn't in that time it wasn't just not a topic topic yet um so he started his own firm to make natural architecture and he's been doing that from the start and then about like i think a bit more than 10 years ago when the firm really started to grow he needed some extra hands and, uh, and i i was a freelancer at that time and i thought let's help out and that kind of grew into a full-time job here and um and, and and when i started uh at the firm of course there, there were all architects and me so i had to kind of like uh, get some extra knowledge in to keep up with the conversation so i started reading a lot about sustainable architecture and all sorts of books and that kind of turned into like a, a researcher job um so and we went from there i guess mm -hmm. it sounds a bit like me <laughs> kind of I, just, I, <laughs> I sort of fell into it and um i kind of i had to read up and, and like you say you sort of end up becoming a bit of an expert in it and then end up consulting in it it's sort of um because yeah, you, yeah. you love it because it it resonates kind of with it with you doesn't it it's, it's like the best way of of building and, and creating absolutely really absolutely and i think i think people like us we didn't really grow up with this awareness of of sustainability right so with yeah. the the climate change it wasn't really a topic and in, in, in general mm. conversation or in the media so we kind of i kind of slowly started to discover that in my career how important it is maybe the same mm. goes for you and i kind of yeah. had to that that started to really start to motivate me and my brother of course as well so that that's that's kind of became the drive to try and maybe like change things a little bit in the small part we we can do yeah um yeah yeah um because if i'm just I, i'm going to put the link uh to the uh, auger architect website obviously if someone's listening they can they can go and google it um but there's sure. some be beautiful um inspirational projects that you've done and they all have that, as you say, there's natural building materials, natural, natural light, natural air. I wonder if we could maybe go straight to the um Vervondering project, the one that's um this primary school, this biophilic primary school. I mean it's it's beautiful. If you look at the picture of the school, it looks <laughs> welcoming and and warm and really and for me, I think unthreatening is is the big thing for me. That it feels like it sort of nestles in this sort of landscape habitat. And it's like an inviting hug. I mean, I didn't like school very much when I was a kid. And I think if I'd have had a school like that, it, I would have wanted to have gone to school because it didn't look alien to me. It didn't, you know, a lot of schools are built very concrete. They're quite harsh. They feel authoritarian, whereas the de Verfondering um, has been <laughs> created. It, it's lovely. I should imagine being a child or, or a teacher at the school. They, they really enjoy it. Could you, could you maybe explain... I mean, I don't know how it's how you do it, but could you describe the school to us in in some way, um, and maybe a little bit about the project, sure. where it is, what it is, please? Yeah, so it's uh, situated in Almere. It's a city in the province of uh, Flevoland, which is uh, actually like a brand new province. It's only like sixty years ago that that was a sea. Uh, it's all covered in water, mm. but that, that might be a different story for another time. Uh, it's uh, I don't know if it's interesting for now, but it is actually a large. Um, artificial island, the biggest in the world, that was created oh, yeah. uh, 60 years ago. 
Um, and you, I think you can read a little bit about it in, in the article in the, in the journal as well. Yeah. But you should look it up. It's a fascinating story. They just created a whole piece of new land there. And so the city is brand new. And the, and the sort of wandering is located in a, in a new neighborhood there. Uh, and if you want to kind of get an image of how the school looks without seeing the pictures, I guess you could uh, take like three squares and drop them down on a piece of land and angle them in a way that there's an, a triangular area between them. And that's basically uh, the shape of the school, the three squares. That's where the classrooms are. A triangular area has a big leaf-shaped roof across it. Um, and that is a, like a central area, gathering area for the kids. There's a big wooden stand in there that also uh, forms like big step, wooden steps up to the second floor. So the, the school has has two two stories. Um, uh, and that's, yeah, that's kind of how it looks. And uh, there's a specially designed natural playground around the school. We really wanted the, the playground and the school to be, become a, a one natural whole. Um, so uh, there's different different sections there for younger kids to play, for older kids to play, all sorts of natural features, lots of uh, greenery that all kind of is designed to work together with the school. Uh, the, the school on the outside, the facade has lots of uh, big grids on it that allow climbing plants to grow up. So um, after a, a couple of years, it's not completely grown up yet, but that will take some time. But after a couple of years, the, the whole school will be covered in green and in, in climbing plants. Um, and that's kind of roughly how the, the school looks, I guess. Um, and the, how did it originate? Um, it, the plan was started by uh, Prisma, which is a, a school education that runs a school organization, I mean, which runs about 20 schools in the area. And they wanted um, to... Um, start with a new uh, educational program that really had uh, nature integrated deeply into it. Uh, so together with uh, the municipality of Almere, the, the city of Almere, they, they organized this uh, design competition. Uh, and we were one of the five five firms that were invited to, uh, to make a bid. And so it was mostly about the vision of the firm. We didn't have to make a design yet. Uh, so we explained our, our expertise in, in building with natural materials, and that kind of got us selected for the job. And from there on, we we learned about their their wishes for the educational program, the wishes for the building, and uh, and kind of a dialogue started going between us and them. We talked about biophilic design and how that could help with the program, and how we would uh, design the building using natural materials. And uh, and I, that was a really interesting conversation from the start. So I think the, the project really benefited from these ideas of biofake design really being, being like part of the start of the, the, the origin of the project. So that really uh, cemented it in, into the into the design. I don't know if cement, cement might not be the best word to use, but <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, so that's how it got going. Um, it, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? If you have um, a client who has, who has that vision who is is kind of is open right from day one to have that absolutely we, we want to make it different we want to be different we want to make it different for the inhabitants the the users if you want of the space that they're going to create yeah and i think i think right now it's a really interesting time for biophilic design because these clients are starting to have that knowledge of biophilic design and they can see the benefits yeah. which means that for for us as designers or consultants, we can work with clients from the start 
getting these ideas into the, into a building instead of that you have to fight this battle all, all throughout the process to kind of get it in there get it in the program you know yeah. so that's a, that's a really interesting time now for for designers yeah yeah it's fantastic isn't it I, I'm, I'm seeing a change you know people I'm interviewing and that it seems like there is there is a change it's it's slow and it's happening at different speeds at different parts of the world it seems um, but it's um, I think the more we can share like these like these great examples and these successful projects, um, I think the the better it will be because it'll inspire more um, business owners or more landowners or more schools or or councils to to actually adopt biophilic design because they realize actually it's doable, it's practical and the outcomes are much more sustainable. It hits the ESG and it it's all these sort of targets that they're trying to reach there's a lot of like problems that we need solutions to nowadays with, with yeah. climate change and and biophilic design just has a lot of answers actually yeah. and it's also kind of interesting from it's beautiful it's interesting from the health perspective it's it's, it's beneficial from a business perspective because if mm -hmm. your users of the building are able to um to perform better to to be more productive they feel better it's good for your business. I mean, uh, there's no way around it. And there's a lot of also from from the scientific field. There's a lot of research kind of supporting these 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 ideas and these um, these benefits. So, yeah, the only way to go is up. I think uh, yeah. with biophilic design. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, for the for, turn back to, back to the school um, at the, for the moment. Um, what were the most important aspects of the school that were important for you as designers to include? I mean, obviously, it sounds like there was quite a lot of different aspects, but um, maybe you could pick out a few, um, please. Sure. Yeah, we wanted to, you know, besides having the, the functional brief, all the all the classrooms and the spaces that were needed, getting those into the building, that, that's like the starting point. But we, we really wanted to, as a design firm, from our perspective, we wanted to showcase what's possible with the um, bio-based materials, especially wood. So mm -hmm. you throughout the building, there's all sorts of different types of wood, wood finishings, wood construction. It's a, the, the building itself is a hybrid construction between uh, uh, timber frame, uh, structures and uh, massive uh, what's it called CLT uh, structures. So, so that was important for us to kind of that's that's kind of like a core belief of the firm as well. To with mm -hmm. each project to kind of uh, kind of push the boundaries what what you can do with natural materials and 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 you know put down an, an actual example that people can like go to and physically experience and kind of feel for themselves um, how it is and w what you can do as a as an alternative for the for the you know the normal building methods that we all know with, with steel and concrete and, and aluminium and glass. And so that, that's one of the things other side, the other things was that we wanted to just create a really healthy learning environment, uh, for, mm -hmm. for, for the, for the children and for the people that work there. Um, and, and, and an environment that's really beneficial for children to, you know, to get a good education. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course we wanted to, uh, you know, put all sorts of connections, um, to nature into the building. Uh, to kind of add on to the the things they were already learning from the from the, the from their teachers, um, and, and really uh, use all sorts of means we uh, available to us to build you know affinity with nature among among the children and, and play into their you know natural curiosity that the, there's all sorts of 
ways they can go uh, discover things on their own and and find their own places and when they play outside the, the, there's no there's not like a sign for you go play there you go play there here here you have to play soccer or here you have to play uh, on a climbing uh, apparatus it's, it's just like uh, lots of green and little spots they can go on their own and d- discover what they want to do go on an adventure yeah. uh, so we wanted to kind of like use that children's curiosity to make them yeah build affinity with nature i think that's a good way to to say it yeah no um, abs- absolutely yeah, those were, yeah yeah i was just going to say it's great because the kids can really i think if you're too prescriptive with children it can, it can can sort of curtail that kind of adventurous spirit or that inquisitiveness and and sort of um whereas what you've created there is is beautiful because it means the kids can just go off and and sort of find the little nooks and and the seasons and obviously all that will change as well and it will inspire them in a different way as they grow the year will change they will change they're growing you know yeah absolutely and and the the, the teachers there make a lot of use of it uh, the, uh, for example with with different seasons of the year all all throughout the year the children are just basically forced to go outside even if it's a little bit rainy or yes. it's a bit cold you know just put, yeah. put on an extra coat go outside and play and that's that's just how the world is how nature yeah. works yeah um and yeah. there's actually uh on the on one of the clusters uh, there's a an outside classroom so um, people there's just a bunch of tables outside with with a roof above it where the, yeah. the teachers go give um, give their lessons outside a couple of hours a day um, and it's combined with uh, teaching uh, kids how to grow uh, look, edi- edible uh, edible plants. Uh, there was chickens there, so um, they actually uh, there's a chicken coop on top of the roof where, where the, the children learn how it is to um, take care of animals and kind of nurture uh, nature and and reap the rewards of it. How beautiful mm-hmm. that can be! How how egg, how little eggs are put into a, like a, um, a breeding machine. And then, then little chickens come out, they grow up to big chickens and they make new eggs and eggs, eggs can be used to make pancakes and th- those sort of <laughs> things are, they learn at an early phase, which is, which is, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's really nice. I, I remember reading that some kids don't even know where a potato comes from. You know, they don't even know what a potato is, you know, in some inner cities, I think, um, I think it's just, we've, we've such, we such a disconnect, isn't there, with the whole supermarket kind of this whole harsh kind of way of being. It's so, so sort of it's dissonant with how we we are isn't it you know we sort of talk about us being nature um it's so, i think it's so important to have these spaces particularly for like primary kids and those early years where they're innocent as well and that innocent connection that open connection um to nature and and so we can explore who we are and and each other too um yeah yeah. I agree with you there, and I think it's it's been researched that 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 children at a younger age are much more open to that, to building yeah. a feeling for nature and how important yeah. it is. It's much harder to learn that later on. Um, yeah. it's a, if if you if you if you're taught that as a kid, it's ingrained in you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and and it's you know kids have to take care of our. Right? So that's why, maybe some of the people that are an adult now could have used some of that uh, natural education uh, when they were younger yeah uh, things would, would have been different <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely we need these schools everywhere so you know we need to get you in front of all these uh, um uh, particularly in the uk <laughs> let's just say that I'm just <laughs> yeah we need more of that here <laughs> um I mean, I, I mean, obviously, the building is like is a is an epitome of biophilic design. Obviously, that's why it's won the Stephen Keller Award. 
Um, are there any particular aspects that you'd like to um, just kind of explain to people who are listening that are obviously, you know, the actual biophilic effect or the biophilic um, in particular? I mean, obviously, you've got the natural materials and the light and, and obviously sound and acoustics as well, actually, within the building because of the very fact that it's using natural materials. But um, I mean, were there are particular things that the judges highlighted or is there anything that you'd like to highlight? Um, yeah, I think they, what the judges said about the, what they liked the most at it was like, uh, the connections to nature were like integrated all throughout the building, um, yeah. like a, a holistic way yeah. of looking at it. Um, and I think that's also what we try to do. We, we try to, uh, have, have nature in the building and on several layers. So it's, it has inspired design. It has inspired the way the spaces work together. Uh, uh, it's uh, like the idea of natural habitats of animals that have mm -hmm. like a small area where they're a small area what's their comfort zone but they go outside, outside it to for food or connect with other animals uh, and that's the same with with how the design works here where where uh, kids you know they're in the classroom with kids of their own age but a couple times a day they go outside and they see more of the world and they have contact with children of other ages and what they are doing mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we designed the, the building as well uh, but that's the how the, how it works on the level of design and then another layer is how the building um uh, consists of nature like the natural materials that we already talked about but we also wanted to make that visible to the to the kids mm. um that that's also what nature can can bring us right we can make our build our buildings from it there there's actually one part of the building is um, a wall it's especially made in in straw straw bills um uh, a straw a wall made of straw so and we put a little window at, at the heights uh, at the children's height so they can like look inside the wall and then, then they can see that's actually like made of plants the wall is made of plants so and, and those little things we we wanted to uh, also have the building be a lesson to the yeah. for the children as well uh, basically yeah um but yeah i always i always have to think about uh something that bill browning uh yeah. says he says um it's never been proven that like the 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 quantity of, of natural connections that you put into the building, that that's also uh, increases the biophilic effect. There's no science scientific uh, data for that. So it's always it's, it's usually better to pick a few biophilic principles that work well in a location and work well in a building and, and try to implement those as good as possible. And we that's a, that's a lesson we usually put into practice, but in this building, we kind of broke with that and did it the other way around. And mm -hmm. And these biofing principles are everywhere in the building. There's yeah. too many to mention. It's you know you can you can find a picture of it on on the website. That's maybe interesting to look at for people. Um, but there's so many things to to mention. Um, I think uh, we try to. What's important also is for a really effective biofilic design, you want to uh, have it play on multiple senses. Mm. So usually people think about the, you know, seeing things, seeing nature, seeing plants, seeing. Um, uh, shapes or, or or pictures from nature but uh, it, it also if that's um, supplemented with other senses it's even a stronger effect so we uh, we used to work we wanted to uh, have all sorts of natural textures in there as well that's why we kept the wood unpainted just use use yeah. natural oils to to finish the wood so the the wood grains and the wood textures were all over the place uh, there's even uh, some of the columns in the in the central area are uh, actual stripped tree trunks, yeah. uh, so they're basically like trees just carrying the structure, and they they they've been uh, sanded and 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 um, and oiled.
so it's protected, but it's just natural. People walk past them and they always run their hands over them just to feel 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 the smooth smoothness of the wood. Uh, so that then this, the touch sense also comes into play. Um, there's an, uh, a natural ventilation system actually in the school that oh, okay. that has access hatches all, all over in all all the rooms have a, a, a separate access hatch, and then there's um, uh, outlets in the central area that kind of draw as a chimney effect. They draw fresh air into the building uh, 24 hours a day, uh, so that not only gives a lot of fresh air. Uh, constantly in the building but it also brings all the smells from outside brings it into the building so if there's someone mowing the grass outside you can smell that inside the school uh of it you know that when it suddenly starts raining you have that that smell you know when it's just when the ground starts getting wet that smell also comes into the into the school so we so we try to work on all different uh, different senses in that uh, in that in that regard yeah um yeah yeah I so that's um there's, yeah, there's, so there's too many biophilic uh, aspects to mention, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, right, absolutely, absolutely lovely. I think, like you say, it's it's the senses. It's that sense. Um, the multiple. It plays on all those multiple senses. The the variation of temperature, the different smells, the humidity, the change in humidity. You know, all this variation. This sort of these subtle things that um, are over and above, like you say, just sticking a plant in the corner or just making a table out of wood it's or do you know what I mean or just putting a picture on the wall this is it's it's above and beyond that it's actually creating something that's um that's organically um grown from the earth you know look in, being inferred by the landscape as well and by the area and by the people who are going to be using it and um I mean I'm just going to ask you about the wood and pe people have, you know, people say about timber wood and and stuff, and then they say, oh yeah, but I'm going to have to go and replace it, um, or you know, or there's a what's what's the counter argument to uh, people who might be sort of thinking, oh, I don't want to use wood in my my building. Is there is there kind of a, a counter argument to to that? Oh yeah, that if you treat it well, wood lasts a really really long time. Uh, there's no problem with that at all. Um, uh, of course, when you have wood on the outside. It's it it is exposed to the elements, so you have to be a little bit more. Uh, you have to use use uh, different types of wood, uh, and there's yeah. all sorts of treatments that make wood uh, a lot more sustainable and a lot more resistant. Yeah. Um, there's all, all sorts of natural wood treatments, finishings that you can put on it. Um, so there, there's lots of ways that you can uh, protect the wood, the, the materials of your building against uh, you know the against those uh, those type of effects. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I always I always think, you know, well, you're going to have to clean the windows and you're going to have to repoint your, you know, the bricks and you're going to have to keep there's upkeep in any building, whether it's made of concrete, wood, mud, anything. It's, it still needs upkeep. You still need to take care of the building. You can't just throw it up and leave it there. You still need to nurture the building. You know, and, and what better than to allow a natural patina to to change um, as it ages, um, as the building grows and it becomes the character of the place as well so i, I personally i think it's a win-win but it's um it's always good to have an expert <laughs> add some arguments <laughs> to the um yeah you know yeah and it adds character if you can see something yeah. grow old it just adds a lot of character and the same goes for a building i mean yeah. if we uh, sometimes you have these uh, you visit this old building and there's like like a church and there's these stone yeah. steps and yeah. you actually see 
like the the hollow the, the stones are hollowed out because of yeah. the like, tens of thousands of people that walked yeah. across it. That, that that's that's the thing of beauty, right? Yeah. So that's uh, why not why not have that in our own buildings? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's lovely. Um, in the article that you wrote, um, you mentioned obviously you highlight the fact that children are spending a lot of time on electronic devices and um and i I mean i agree with you as well we're we're kind of shutting ourselves off and we shut our kids off and um i mean do you can you maybe share our sort of your thoughts sorry about um how you feel children have, have sort of moved moving have moved away from that natural world connection a little yeah um yeah, when I say that, I don't want to sound like um, like the digital world is like the devil or something. You know, I yeah, I always right. I, I use it like I use it all throughout the day, all sorts of electronic uh, equipment, yeah. devices, and screens, and that's that's what what my work's about. But but I do think that 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 sometimes it's easy for you know for parents to to instead of taking their children outside, just to hand them a tablet, you know, go go watch uh, watch YouTube or something, and it keeps yeah. the children busy. And 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 there's there is the fact that there. Children nowadays have much more access uh, to information and knowledge, and from all over the world and different cultures. And so that's a really big source of yeah. education as well. I think so. That's a big advantage of these of these devices. But it does it does tend to keep children inside. You know, they they, yeah. they don't go outside a lot. Um, and I think you know, uh, it would be it would be good for children to just go outside a little bit more often, go into nature. Uh, not only to be exposed to nature, but also, you know, as a physical activity, it's mm -hmm. healthy. Yeah. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I think you, you need to find a we need to find a balance in that. There's moments for for relaxing on the couch with with your with your iPad, but there's also moments to moments to be a bit more active and go outside, go outdoors, uh, do mm -hmm. sports, be in be in nature, and, uh, and enjoy the natural world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the school addresses that, doesn't it? I mean, it encourages. I mean, by it just it just encourages kids. To get out by the design, isn't it really? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, the, you know, like I said, the, the teachers are forcing the kids to to go outside a couple times a day just to kind of get rid of that excess energy, go yeah. play. And sometimes they don't want to. They, they see it's raining, they don't want to. But then they're outside, and after two minutes, they're just running around and playing. So it's yeah, it's, that's that's how it works. Um, yeah. So that um, uh, that the, the school does do that, and there, there's like I said, there's a couple of times so there's lessons a couple of times a week outside, in yeah. in the outside classroom. Um, the, the the school also um, the building also offers a view of the outside mm -hmm. from every every place yeah. in the in the building. So sometimes in, you have these classrooms that are designed to not have too many distractions for the children. So there's like tiny little windows and usually the blinders are down. We don't want the children to look outside because it's uh, it distracts from the, you know, from the from the teacher. But the, here's the other way around. Every classroom, like one wall of the classroom is completely made of glass. So they can look outside, see, look at the natural playground, look at the neighborhood, see what the world outside is doing, yeah. see how the weather is. Um, yeah. So that's uh, the, the, the school really lets, lets the outside into the interior from, from yeah. every angle yeah so, I mean, the, yeah yeah i was gonna I say i mean there's this whole thing about attention restoration theory isn't there as well i mean we you know we're focused we can only sort of manage about sort of 10 15 minutes really before our brains start wandering off anyway which is why you know the ted talks are so important and so you know so successful because they're you know short amount of information um but we know that that attention yeah. yeah we know we need to kind of look up occasionally that's why we 
yeah, one of the arguments of putting plants in an office in an office environment is so that we've got something to look at to break our mind from the screen and from all the other stuff. It's like we can look at, look off into if there's a view, you know, if there's a picture of nature, we can look off. I mean, and what better than to have a proper changing view of nature outside the window? You know, I mean, that's supposed to be the absolutely, best. yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's good for everyone if they're they're yeah. if they're able to take their eyes off the screen for a moment uh, to 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 get that energy and that concentration back. That that's good for everyone, not only for children. It's it's for everyone in their workplace or whatever they they do. Uh, that helps a lot. And um, and 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 the teachers also say when uh, after break when the children have a, had a chance to kind of run around outside for a bit, lose that excess energy, and when they're back inside, they, they have to they have to be calmed down first because <laughs> uh, it's a you know they're, they're going mm -hmm. crazy but then after they're calmed down they, they're really able to focus well on, yeah. on the on their work and uh, it's a lot more quieter and so there's really a good um, they recharge the batteries and are able to focus on their work again which is really good for their you know their performance at school and their learning results yeah you've had some really great feedback then from the teachers and the kids and things they kind of obviously they love it then <laughs> yeah yeah, because what I heard from, well, it was a shame we didn't really had a chance to do like a before and after research here in, the, in this yeah. project, because uh, we, there's some new products that we're doing where we really have put that in there in the start. And yeah. um, uh, there's a healthcare center where we are really doing research at the local, the location where they are now. And we'll do another research when they look at the location in the new building that, that they're going to get, so we can really compare the situations. Um, but in this case, we didn't have that chance. We did have had, uh, the, the principal that worked at the school, also worked in the previous building, so she could really make a comparison. And she says, yeah, the children really felt um, at home right away in the school. They were really, they didn't have to really, get, there was not a, a long adjustment period or anything. They were really happy to be there. Um, and, and like I said, there's the, there's the thing where they, they can really focus on their work after the break. That's a, that was a big change from before. There's also uh, a lot less uh, abs absenteeism, if, that, if that's the right word. So there, yeah. there's a lot less uh, children uh, reporting sick or staying away from school. So the mm -hmm. tendency is a, is a lot better. Um, mm -hmm. So th those are things that are really noticeable. And um, yeah, great, great to hear, of course. Yeah. And, and this is one of the lessons that we learned from this project, that we really need to use these opportunities for research as well to get to get some, some good data out there uh, to kind of have strong arguments next time when we're talking to new clients uh, to, you know, to put biofic design in there in, in the, in the building. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you mentioned um, earlier about this, those, those uh, sort of stripped timbers to support the wall. And it was actually one of the, the images that you'd sent me to, to, to review, to look at the, um, the, the, the school. And there's, uh, I'm going to describe it. There's, um, there's these two sort of round chairs, which are kind of like, I don't know if they're made of bamboo or something. It's it's this one here, which I've got a picture holding the picture up, so I can, if you can yes, see it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those are bam bamboo chairs. Yeah, yeah, beautiful bamboo chairs. So it's like they're like sort of, and there's the the, the lovely soft furnishings. There's um, very simple colorways, which are all natural. This beautiful kind of really lime green and a and a more of a darker sage green. The carpet is kind of got fractals on it, almost look like kind of imitation leaves or chains or or um um and then the on the wall 
there's and I and I love it. There's a male and a female sparrows. Um, one's feeding the other one, and their wings are expanding. I mean, what a lovely uh, study for kids as well to kind of see the close up of the birds. I think it's such a lot, and it's it's a massive picture on the wall. So like they're completely out of scale, and it's just a lovely. It's a lovely touch, actually. Um, I really, I really love that space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice space. Yeah, these these huge uh, images from nature yeah. that are all across the building. Actually, yeah. all the all the bathrooms, all the bathroom, uh, all the bathrooms have these big pictures as well. Oh. Um, and in this case, the, the picture that you're showing is um, that's actually the teachers' lounge. Oh, uh, is it? So that's where, yeah. So it's a, it's a with that with that space, we wanted to offer the teachers a place where they could, you know, also take a break. Because at the school is no. Uh, the primary uh, use of the school are, of course, the children, and yeah. it's designed for the children. But it's also a workplace for the teachers, yeah. right? So they they need a healthy workplace as well, and they need to do be able to do their work as as good as possible. Mm. And 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 that helps it helps them as well to take a break now and again and be able to restore, uh, recharge the battery. So we wanted to have a you know a really comfortable teachers lounge um, mm. with different spots for them to take a break or maybe uh, uh, have a small uh, chat with, with each other, uh, take a lunch break be behind the, the photographer. There's, a, there's some, some tables for them to take lunch with, with a group. Uh, yeah. There's a couch for them to relax. There's a couple of small desks if they want to like uh, just put down their laptop there and I work for a bit. Um, so there's a, it's kind of like the social help for the teachers, uh, that, that room. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, I bet I bet it's lovely. I bet yeah, it smells. I bet it smells nice in there as well. I bet it's like because all the wood and everything. I should imagine there's this kind of like beautiful, calm aroma, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, and there's wood everywhere, and that brings that smell out. And yeah. and we we use natural oils to finish some of the wood, which oh. uh, not only uh, shows the textures, but that also lets the 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 wood smell out, so it doesn't look this lock the smell. If you paint yeah. it, the smells locked yeah. inside the material, yeah. so that um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the teachers are quite happy with it, and and what from what we hear, uh, it's it. I mean, we have quite a shortage a shortage of teachers actually in the Netherlands. It's a yeah. big problem, mm -hmm. but in, at this school, it's not not a problem at all because there's actually a waiting list of people that are like applying to the school. Uh, they want to work there, so that you know, if a teacher mm -hmm. uh, is absent for some reason, there's always people to fill the, fill it up. It's a really popular place, mm -hmm. and 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 the same thing goes for the teachers that uh, there's a lot less uh, absenteeism. Uh, than before so a lot less sick leave so it's a not only great place for for the children to learn but also a good place to work yeah it's good yeah. make makes sense financially then as well for people listening who've got spaces absolutely <laughs> yeah um do you do you have do you have a favorite space in the school yourself have you got like a do you is there sort of a, a, an area in the, the in the school that you've created that you think do you know what that's just like super nice or for, for whatever reason I, I every time when I visit that place and I am in the central area, which you, oh. there's like a big stand there, and the central area is um, is kind of divided into little nooks and crannies where children can go with a teacher in a small group or I can with a larger group or they can play. So that's a bit divided up. But if you climb up the stairs or up the stands, you 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 certainly experience like the spaciousness of of the area, and uh, it, so it's it's the, the area upstairs in the central uh, in the central zone that I usually always enjoy a lot there there's windows like glass uh, facades on all sides so that's there's daylight coming in from all sides you, you have this view across the the city across the playground so this um, this uh, prospect refuge thing that's that's well known in the by, by effect design 
that really works from there. You really have a, a great a great view outside, and I, I, usually that, that's that's one of the, the nicest effects you can experience in that in the building going going up upstairs in the central area. Yeah, that sounds sounds fantastic. Um, well, um, we're coming near the end, but are, are there any other projects that um, that you guys have done that you'd like to just highlight, maybe um, from the sort of biophilic design aspects and sustainable sustainability? Yeah, there's a there's an, an, a wildlife shelter that we've done a couple of years ago, which is one of my favorites. That it's um, it's called Wildopvang um, Avolare. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, and that place is, is not only like a biophilic designed uh, building, but it's also like the, the core function of the building of the, the, the complex is to you know, support nature. It's where it, uh, animals from the, the local uh, the nature resort, or the protected uh, area for, for nature, and all the animals that are harmed in some way in there, maybe because of traffic or other ways, they can be brought to the to Avulare and they will be uh, patched up there. So there's a, a whole like an animal uh, clinic there and for different areas for different types of animals, birds, uh, like small predators, also water birds. So, and there's a large, uh, almost like a zoo-like uh, outside park there for, for the, the, the animals to recover and be, before they are put back into nature. So the, uh, the building itself is a really nice example of natural architecture, but it's also, it, it helps nature as a, as a, uh, because of its function. That's, I like that project a lot. Um, there's a, a small dental practice that we've done. Uh, that's a bit longer, a bit older project. Um, and it's kind of before we started to use the the phrase biophilic design, we were actually already kind of doing it in that project. And uh, the dentist uh, had a practice in the city and they wanted to move outside of the city and, uh, and make a much more hospitable, hospitable building for, the, for his patients. Uh, so we use natural materials and, and a view outside across the Dutch landscape to kind of to kind of realize that, and that's a it's a good example of like a simple implementation of biophilic design. Like a couple of things we we did there with materials, with daylight, and with a view to really make a really comfortable area, and 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 I guess uh, like a, to relieve stress in the patients. I mean, mm -hmm. the patients are much more at ease there, and the, the, the dentist says he can treat an extra patient per treatment room every day. So it's also an interesting business case. Um, and, uh, and and that project actually got got nominated for the Stephen Kelt Award uh, a couple of years ago as well. But we were unlucky because the Maggie's Pavilion in uh, in in England, in England uh, in Birmingham, I think it is. Mm -hmm. you, you probably know the project. It's this amazing project uh, that 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 was. Uh, we lost out to that one in the final eventually. But um, yeah, so that's that's a nice project. And I think mm -hmm. in, there's some nice, interesting projects coming up in the future. There's a long-term care facility we're working on now. Um, um, that's also uses a lot of biophilic design to create this this calming um, living uh, situation for uh, you know yeah. mentally disabled yeah. uh, people, and that's why we're also trying to do the research, like I mentioned before, uh, see what what happened in the old situation and see how this building, the new building, will affect the patients and and their and the healthcare personnel, mm -hmm. and 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 learn from that for for next time and share that share that knowledge as well through. Uh, for, for other projects. So that's, that's going to be really interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, if yeah. there's more news about that, I'm definitely, definitely going to share more about that uh, in the, you know, in the, in the bio, different biophilic networks that I, that I'm in. So yeah, yeah, there's a couple, I guess. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'll definitely love, love to feature the, um, that, that new project that you're talking about in the journal, 
and do another uh, podcast with you when you've um, when you finished it or you know when you're at a point where you can discuss it I think um, it'll be really interesting to kind of see the difference that it's going to make as well I think it's so important to have these care facilities that have spaces um, for for the staff as well to like you say to sort of decompress to just yep. Yep. take some time because it's so pressurized and it's such a stressful emotional um, job as well isn't it so it's really important for all sides yeah yeah. Yeah, and I think the one of the things that the, the pandemic did is really put a lot of attention on that on healthcare and healthcare personnel and, and the pressure they are under in their jobs. Yeah. And uh, and I'm I hope that that the lessons we learned from that that maybe um can provide their working situ uh, improve their working situation in the future maybe with the help of biofilic design, you know. Yeah. There's lots of opportunities there, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, let, let's hope so. Um, is there any before I get ask you the final the final magic question? Is there anything else that you'd like mm -hmm. to add? <laughs> um, well, I know there's a lot of people working by Fig Design that's listening to your podcast. I know, and I just want to emphasize that it's just a really interesting time now for us. Um, lots of opportunities to kind of you know implement all this this theory, the the, the fourteen patterns, and, and and Stephen Kellett's ideas. All this theory about biophilic design, the frameworks, we can really put that into practice now because a lot of people are starting to realize the benefits of of, of these natural collect uh, um, natural connections in the in the built environment. Mm -hmm. uh, so you know, if if it's hard to get work in that field right now, just keep keep going because there's going to be a lot of uh, mm -hmm. a lot of interest. Uh, it's really emerging. I can I can tell you in the in not only in the in the United States but also in Europe and uh, and and in other in other. Uh, continents definitely fantastic. yeah so you know really interesting time yeah absolutely that's fantastic well um so if people who are listening um if you wanted to read more you can go to the journal of biophilic design.com and go to the journal of biophilic design tab on our website and you can um get a an ebook version of the education um issue or you can get a, a lovely eco-friendly um printed edition which will last forever um and you can pass down to your um your, your siblings and your kids and the next generations as well so it's kind of like like wood it will last for ages and it's um and it's a, it's a labor of love yeah so if you want to read the article that has is written um then you can find it in in there as well and i can tell you which page it's on it's on page pages 12 um and um it goes on for a few there so um just so now we've come to the end so um if you could paint the world with a magic brush of biophilia what would it look like I would definitely paint down, be able to want to be able to paint down three trees everywhere. You know, these trees, these majestic examples of nature uh, that that take so long to grow that people, you know, without any consideration, just chop down and remove. I really would love to to paint down more trees. You know, not only outside the cities but especially inside cities. You know, every street should have like a row of trees. Yeah. Uh, not only because of their beauty and and the the cornerstones of of, of nature, but also uh, to you know, th this heating effect, the heating island effect, it's it's just so so good. It brings comfort, and then these 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 days of climate change. So, I want really wanted to have a magic wand that can just not like magically make make trees appear everywhere. It would be amazing. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.